Hello. Oh, yes. Welcome to the Hetty and Andy show. <laughs> How are you? Me? I'm fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I'm fantastic, too, because we talked on the phone for like three hours today about all kinds like of <laughs> that is awesome. Hey, before I get it started, I want you to go to the uspatriotproject.com, uspatriotproject.com, and uh, look over the website. Go to where it says, um, uh, and I uh, forget what it says, invest. I forget what it says, donate. I don't care. Go where you, you give the money and, uh, and and help us get this thing off the ground. We've got uh, we got the nonprofit. We got the logo. We just need some more equipment as we get started, and we want you all to be a part of it. And we're going to put together 12 disciples. <laughs> 12 men to help uh, me uh, uh, put um, our, our, our man training that we're going to be putting together. And Hedia, you're going to, you have some ideas about um, doing some stuff for women uh, in yeah. regard to uh, conservative uh, Christian movement to make America great again. Again, <laughs> I like that I did that. <laughs> our world has gone crazy. Has it not? Oh, every day it seems it gets a little crazier, actually. I, you know, who, who knows what tomorrow has in store? Yeah, we were looking uh, for dinner a couple nights ago um, and um, could not find a place. <laughs> it was it was the day after our uh, our our what do you want to call him today? What's he what's he today? What's Newsom called today? Tyrant. Um, Newsom. What's that? Newsomini. Newsomini. We can call him. I just like. It was like the day before everything was okay. We were going to restaurants, we were having fun, and then suddenly the next day we we couldn't, and we were a little miffed that we could not find a restaurant tour who was brave enough to stay open. Not we were in LA County, is why uh, where we were looking. But it was a good we, steak. It was a good steak that we ate. Oh on my the way. god, that yeah. yeah, and it was much better. We we ate it in your house and in, in the comfort <laughs> of your house. We had a we had a. We didn't have a candlelight, but it was still good. <laughs> next time, next time it'll be candlelight. Hey, Bev, we have Bev coming on. Hey, you too. Hey, Bev. Uh, we got Hannah on. Beautiful smile. She's talking about me, obviously. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> and Roy, uh, Roy will, will enjoy the discussion we're going to have in just a little bit. Um, and so the reason I started the way I did that our, our world has gone crazy is that uh, I got to meet your parents the other day, which was fantastic. Uh, went over to their house and um, it was so good. We had my kids. We had your your daughter. Uh, we had your niece, right? Niece? Yes. My niece. Was there. So we had the whole, the whole family and uh, it was amazing. Uh, the kids were good. And, uh, and, and better than good. Yeah. Yeah. They were fantastic. Your parents were so um, nice. And, um, and we had Alexa there and I'm not talking about the echo. <laughs> <laughs> we had Alexa there. Um, but one of the things that stood out to me was a story because we got to see pictures on the wall of, um, uh, you know, you with all your presidents that you worked under, we, <laughs> your, your parents love you, by the way, uh, you get <laughs> pictures everywhere. Um, uh, you know, near, uh, you know, around all the presidents around the Prince, you were with Prince Charles, you worked for him for a little bit. Um, but then we saw pictures of your parents, uh, back in Iran and they were there with the queen or the princess of Iran back in the, the queen, queen, Farah. The queen. So there's your dad with the queen of Iran. Uh, and then we were talking and you told the story. Um, and I'll let you tell the story. But there was a story about how he uh, he's a doctor. And uh, while he was there in Iran, they, they wanted him to stay. And what happened? Uh, well, so my dad had um, helped invent the eight hour dialysis. So he basically had converted dialysis from taking like days long to 
um, less than a day. And so when he went back to visit Iran, they uh, the queen had heard what he had done. And she said, you know, we'd love for you, we'll open a hospital here for you and you could run the entire dialysis unit. Um, will you just please come home? And at the time they'd already moved to the United States. And he looked at my mom and I'm all looking at she's like, thank you, we're, we're flattered, but no thank you. And it came back and my mom told me, he was like, your dad wouldn't go back to Iran for all the money in the world. So yeah, he was, they are patriots, they are Americans. That is awesome. And that just goes to prove what I've been saying uh, for even before I met you. And that is America is the greatest country on the planet, regardless of what people are trying to tell you. The Democrats want you to believe that uh, America is racist. They want you to believe that it's a, uh, a horrible uh, country uh, when, in fact, we have so many opportunities. Um, we are the least racist country on the planet and we are the most giving uh, country on the planet. And I think your dad obviously saw that compared to where even. At, but at that time, Iran was still a, a good country. I mean, not good yeah. evil like they are now. And again, it's, we're talking about the leadership and we're talking about the evils of Iran, not the uh, citizens of Iran necessarily. But uh, back then they were, gosh, your, your mom looked um, smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I used to make a joke that I couldn't find a single picture of my grandmother with sleeves. Like it was, they were just so high fashion and they would follow all the trends of Europe and America. And at the time, my parents were still pretty poor, but he still wouldn't leave for all the money in the world to go back to Iran. He'd rather be poor in America than go back to Iran. Wow. Well, then, and leading to what we're going to talk about in regard to some of the history of the Middle East, um, First of all, you are an, an expert in um, uh, counterterrorism and, um, and 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 Islam, right? Am I getting it right this time? Yeah, and Islamic extremism. Islamic extremism, and um, and I didn't talk about this ahead of time, so forgive me if uh, you you don't want to answer or don't have an answer. Um, but right now, the focus, just because of the election and because of President Trump and what they you know, tried to pin on him as being a, a Russian spy. Uh, and what they're not talking about in regard to China, all right now, the discussion seems like, it's like we're in a war with Afghanistan, in Afghanistan and in um, Iraq for 20 years, right? We're battling, we're bombing, we got terrorism, we got, you know, ISIS. we're going after, yeah. what's that? What about ISIS? ISIS, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and we got all this going on, but now, where what where they where did the, we have no, no problems in the Middle East anymore? Now it's just about Russia and China, which surely they are our enemy, right? China is by far the biggest enemy, but but everybody apparently the Democrats love China, uh, the NBA loves China, uh, professional sports loves China, but they are one of they are our biggest enemy, by the way. Uh, and then we have Russia, what's our, our enemy? What happened to the Middle East? Do you know? Is it still there? Are we? Are, is it, <laughs> I think, I think it's still there. I think it's still there. Maybe it's just not sexy anymore. I don't know. <laughs> it is kind of crazy. I, I can't figure out what happened to uh, the, all the terrorists in the Middle East. It's really odd. Um, do you think, um, because you know uh, this area more, obviously more than me, uh, but more than uh, most people in the United States, one of the things that um, they're good at um, is that they, it, they don't care how long it'll take. Uh, to seek revenge on the United States and 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 damage the United States and kill Americans, 
Um, are they? Is there a chance that they're just kind of going, you know what, we're going to let them think that China and Russia should be the only thing they should focus on? Is there a possibility that there's some cells or some whatever you want to call them? Because um, their wars with, um, uh, with Israel and other countries has gone on for hundreds of years. This is nothing new, right? What, what are your thoughts on what's happening now? Are they happy that kind of the focus is taken off of them? Well, I think what most people don't understand is that it's an it's an expansionist religion. And so it's as when it morphs into a political ideology, it's even more uh, insidious because it's a what we've described as a civilizational jihad. Their idea and they use Rome as an example. Rome wasn't conquered in a day. They are looking to change societies, to convert them to Islam. So it's not just kill Americans, it's convert America into an Islamic nation. And so when the attention is not on them, it gives them a chance to infiltrate society. And there are a lot of people nowadays, I don't write on this as much because I'm not involved in that field as much, that, that they have linked forces with the socialist Marxist movement, even though everything that they stand for religiously is an antithesis of socialist Marxist doctrine on its face, they are natural allies because they seek to control and dominate um, the existing culture and they seek to destroy the existing freedom of the United States. And so I guess the mentality is we'll be partners now and we'll sort it out later. Uh, but they are definitely part of BLM, Antifa, um, the backing behind the liberal candidates, you know, Elhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and, and the members of Congress are very much aligned with AOC and the other radical liberals, as you would call them, or the radical left. So this, they are definitely part of the alliance. And I think the most dangerous aspect about it is that nobody's paying attention to the role that they play. Well, this is why I love you. Uh, and that is because you read my mind as to where I wanted to go uh, with this discussion is that now we come here to the homeland where they have uh, essentially bought and paid for some politicians here in our country. Uh, and you and you named two of them. I can never remember their names or, or uh you know, pronounce their names much less. Um, and I should, because I, I try to talk about them all the time, but I can't. But you have, what's her name again in Minnesota? Ilhan Omar. Ilhan Omar. Um, and we've seen some of their speeches, right? You, you've heard some of their speeches. They yeah. they don't care. They're, they, they are not trying to hide anything. <laughs> um, no. uh, and they are up front with saying that America is evil, it's racist, and, and it needs to be, dis the police need to be dismantled and defunded. Um, and, and yet they're part of a Democratic Party, uh, you know, Muslims. I hope, I, again, I'm sorry, I get this wrong all the time and I hate to be disrespectful, but uh, Muslims do, would never believe in abortion, yet they're part of the Democratic Party who, who promotes abortion, right? That's one of their biggest, that's one of the biggest things that they talk about in many cases, especially when it comes to the Supreme Court recently. Amy was, um, you were on first name basis, me and Amy. Um, but Amy, you know, that was the thing that they were most worried about the Democratic Party. And here you got um, some um, very strong beliefs in the Muslim faith, right? That they would never think about abortion. They would never pro promote abortion in, um, in Islam uh, of any sort, and, um, and yet, but they don't care, right? And so um, they, they are, it's, it's an evil regime. I hope I'm not saying anything wrong. What are your beliefs on, no, no, on it, they it, can, no, they it, dismiss their beliefs and yet promote a, 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 um, a party that believes in abortion? Well, because they are aligned enough with the other goals, which is destroying the existing 
capitalist freedom, uh, you know, the capitalist free society that we are, and they just feel that they'll overpower the other forces when the time is right. So there's enough alignment on the deconstruction of America as it exists today for them to have a natural place in that party. Well, here, here's a comment, and I'm going to bring this to your attention because um, this, I don't know. Wait, are you uneducated or am I? <laughs> Somebody's calling us uneducated. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to say. So uh, that's the first comment. I don't know if Tori's a dude or a, a chick, but uh, I just wanted to be this <laughs> You Americans are crazy. Um, I'm going to have to look and see. Obviously, he's a friend of one of ours. I'm not sure who. Uh, and that uh, um, apparently you're uneducated. I think it's you because you didn't know a Muslim woman. <laughs> I know a Muslim Yeah, he, he, she, is Tori, is that a, a girl or a boy? The way that T-O-R-I, is that boy or girl? I think it's a girl because the picture's a girl. Oh, I didn't even see. Sorry. I'm going to assume you guys are Christians while you sit here and bash other religions. So uh, did you want to give your background? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I do actually want to speak to that because it is what, what, what I'm talking about is Islamist extremism. And I will um, criticize Islam as a religion because it's a false religion. Uh, it's a religion I spent 20 plus years of my life in. And I am very, very confident that um, it is a false religion because it does not believe Jesus Christ is the son of God and did not and do not believe that Jesus was God incarnate. They believe in a version of Jesus that is a prophet and that is not his right, his rightful place. And and my heart goes out to other Muslims and I have a calling on my own life to preach the truth and the, the truth of the gospel to them so that they can come to a saving faith. So I have no problem um criticizing the religion because it's a false religion but i'm not calling all muslims bad people just like there's not i mean that would be ridiculous there are wonderful muslims all over the world including members of my family right right and i i've spent time i've spent time with them <laughs> and i love them uh, i've already fallen in love with them they are great great people we had a great time um Thank but you. you are clearly not uneducated in this uh, area uh, having worked for uh, four or five, pres five, five presidents? Yes. Five, five. presidents uh, as an expert in this area. <laughs> you are so uneducated. I can't believe that you're talking about it. I am happy to tell you, I know nothing about it. I don't, I don't know the difference. I have not known the difference between Islam and Muslim. I, 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 and I'm, and I'm sad. You're going to teach me and that's why you're on the show and we'll be on the show way more often because you are, Definitely educated, but they can, uh, whoever Tori is, they can believe that you're uneducated. Um, uh, and Christians are horrible, apparently. No, he said, but there are some horrible Christians. And yes, there are horrible people in all religions. So people oh, yeah, that, sure. yeah. So uh, yes, Tori, that is absolutely true. And thank you for, and Tori says she respects the answer. So awesome. um, I think, I think we made peace with Tori. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right. So how this all kind of came up, I, I talked about how we, I was going to bring you on a, a couple, uh, I think it was a week ago. I talked about that. We were having a great discussion. We were talking about Genesis and I'm going to go ahead and bring it up here. Uh, I should have had it ready from before, but um, I will bring up uh, the passage or the, uh, hold on. I forgot to get rid of my Oh, no, I could keep it up. Um, but we were reading this, and as I was reading it, so I'm going to start with um, 
oh shoot where are we at 21 genesis 21 and start with 21 8. Uh, the child grew and was weaned and on the day isaac was weaned uh, abraham held a great feast but sarah saw that the son whom hagar the egyptian had born to abraham was mocking and she said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son, for the woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son, Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the slave into a nation also because he is your offspring. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set, he set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a, a bow shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And she sat there. She began to sob. God heard the boy crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar, Hagar from heaven and said to her, what is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard, has heard your, the boy crying and he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy he, as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. While he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. And I'm going to stop here because we um, I went a little deeper than we did when we were discussing it. But as I, we were reading that together, I was kind of confused about a few things when it came uh, to that story. And you set me straight <laughs> about, because I was like, going, well, how come uh, he sent him out? He, like, did Abraham send him out there to die? And I didn't really catch the part where God said, no, there is. How can he send him out to die when he was going to create great nations? And I go, I don't know, Hedia. I did. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm an infant when it comes to the Bible. And so um, let, well, I'm going to let you take it from there in regard to this discussion, because it, it really opened my eyes to um the deeper issues in regard to the Middle East and, and how that all came and it came about just from uh, that particular story. So I don't know if you recall what we were talking about, but um, um, what you had to say about it was very interesting. Uh, well, we talked a lot about the different facets, but I'll just, I'll just bring up the point that um, in, in my study of the Bible, what the, what I feel the Lord was trying to teach me about it uh, because I came from Islam. So I was, I was trying, and I still am addressing how do I approach Muslims about uh, about Christ, about the reality of Christ, and I realized that this story is so important to the essence of what Islam is, as opposed to Christianity, and it goes back to this issue of the covenant. So, in Middle Eastern society, of which um, Jesus and and Ishmael and and all of the prophets and Christ are a part of, is the Middle East, and so the firstborn son is always of significance and is the rightful heir. It was the same with Jacob and Esau too. And Jacob took the um, take, took the rightful heir from Esau. I mean, he actually gave it to him for a bowl of soup, uh, but that's an, another story. But uh, in this passage, God is explaining that even though uh, Hagar gives birth to the first son of Abraham, which is Ishmael, he is not the rightful heir to the covenant. 
that the covenant because God had ordained Sarah to have a son and they went off and created a little mischief because they were tired of waiting on God, which a lot of us do, right? We are tired of waiting on God and we create a little mischief. Well, they created a little mischief which resulted in the son, but um, the rightful heir and the covenant passes with the wife, not with the maidservant. And so Muslims hold on to the lineage of Ishmael. And they say that, you know, they come from the beginning of religion, from the father of religions, which is Abraham. And it's Ishmael because he is the firstborn son. And what they don't realize is what, what God explains in the Bible, that it is not the fact that he's the firstborn son that matters. It's the fact that the rightful heir and the covenant, God's covenant with mankind and with nations and with Abraham passes through Isaac. And if you think about it in common sense terms, especially for women, um, you don't follow the the child that's the result of a mistress or as a result of an affair, an adulterous relationship. So there isn't a glorious claim that would come out of the mistress or what would be in those terms called the bastard, the bastard child of a man. It comes through the lineage of the wife. And so it's I just don't think that Muslims really think about that. Uh, they think that it's more important that he was a firstborn son. But when you point out to them, no, this is actually the result of an adulterous relationship. And that's not where the covenant is. You can get them to think more clearly about it. Have you had any discussions with devout Muslims? Um, yes. <laughs> about this subject matter and what is what is their response? Have you have you got them to open up or are they in denial? Uh, what What is their reaction when you talk about it? Most of the time, uh, because most of the people I've talked to are people I know well, and they basically don't want to disagree. They're like, well, I'll agree to disagree. But I know I get them thinking about it because they walk away not angry or upset, but they like they internalize the words that they say. The hardest thing for them to come to terms with is the deity of Christ, uh, because you're inculcated from birth. I mean, my daughter will tell you even in like preschool, they tell you, God doesn't have a child. God doesn't have a child. There is no son of God. There's no such thing. And so to believe in the deity and the divinity of Christ is what really freaks them out. But there's even a, a better explanation. There's a, there's a long thing that the Lord walked me through in that respect too. But breaking down the, um, the way in which they idealize the roots of the religion, I think is one of the ways in which you can get them to the point of understanding the divinity of Christ. Not as we, we talked about with Tori, and as I hear you talking and, and, and we we're talking to, and I'm glad Tori now, you know, I'm thinking about what Tori wrote that really started this discussion off on the right foot actually, is that you have what you talked about extremists and you have those that are not crazy, right? Those that understand. What is, what is it do you think the extremists are so angry about? What is it that causes them to be extremists? Is, is, I, I, I mean, no. very different. That's, that's about the manipulation of the religion and the pursuit of power. Mm. Uh, it's very similar to Marxism, socialism, any kind of aggressive political force. So the doctrine of what we call Islamism was created to bring back the glory of Islam because they had lost the Islamic empire and they had, they had failed to the West. And so they wanted to do something to the religion to make it a global expansionist, expansionist force. Oh, wow. 
it was on purpose. So they basically had to destroy the cultural norms that existed in Muslim countries up until that point in order to create the extremist movement. So it's not at the root of what Muslims believe. Um, it's something that they imposed on top in order to make it violent and militaristic. Well, it's not much different than Republican and Democrat currently, because the Democrats aren't the old Democrats. Right? This is a completely right. different monster that's been created. They're extremists. And <laughs> uh, wanting to really, we have, right, I, I shared a, um, a press release from Orange County Sheriff where they've received a court order to release 1500 prisoners some in some of the violent prisoners they've been told that they have to release them and they're going what do you mean some of them have not even seen their court date uh, and they want them released because of covid yet no prisoners have died of covid in in uh, orange county that's uh i just saw a post from a, a police officer friend of mine um but back to uh, our discussion um in um in the quran right we're talking about the quran there is some subject matter, though, that is that when you read it, and I've only read a very little bit and only those things that have been uh, presented on either social media or uh, of some of my research. But it, it, that it actually is kind of extreme in some areas in regard to women, in regard to, um, you know, killing <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Am I reading it wrong or is there different versions like, uh, you know, a good version and a bad version? Well, and no, and I, and I think... Um... And there's other passages, and actually in Bible history, when you read through some of the passages, uh, some of the um, experts that talk about the historical context of the Bible and um, the roots of Ishmael, because, you know, the warring of the Ishmael and his descendants against the people of the covenant continues throughout time. So this battle between Ishmael and the heirs of Ishmael and Isaac has existed since the beginning of Abraham. So this fight is basically Ishmael were they were they were Bedouins they were warring people they were I mean I can't use a politically incorrect term so they were aggressive is the best way to take uh, to say it in the old days they used to call them savages you know what I mean that that's the way they were written up in English like you know in, in history books but the idea is because of the climate and the way that they were and the the battles that they fought, they were aggressive people. Bedouins are known to be very aggressive people. And so that the religion that developed as a result was extreme. It was pretty, it was difficult to adhere to. And it is, when you look at it, a quote, Bedouin religion for the most part. As, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, it just, the truth kind of hurts, but it's the, <laughs> it's, the, it's the reality. It is not, um, it doesn't have, first of all, the word love never appears in the Quran once. The word in Arabic is hope, and it does not exist in the Quran. It is not, uh, you don't have a loving relationship with God. God does, there's no such thing as grace. There's no such thing as love. It is a relationship between a judgmental God that is imposing a faith on its adherence. And, and that's what made, mostly it was almost entirely out of fear. And the truth okay i love it i love the truth i love facts and truth um but better when i had to look it up because i've never heard that term before it's b-e-d-o-u-i-n bedouin yeah. and the bedouin or bidu um it says romanized oh never mind that's how you pronounce it uh is a population of nomadic arabs who have historically inhabited the desert re regions in north africa 
the Arabian Peninsula, Upper Mesopotamia, and the Levant. I don't know. I've never heard of the Levant. Now I got to look that up. Where's Levant? Uh, it's like the area where Morocco is. Oh, look at you. Gosh, I've never known somebody so smart. The, <laughs> the English word Bedouin comes from the Arabic Bado, Bado, Badao, Badawi, sorry, which means desert dweller and is traditionally contrasted with Hadir, the uh, term for sedentary people. Bedouin territory stretches from the vast deserts of North Africa to the rocky sands of the Middle East. They are traditionally divided into tribes or clans, known in Arabic as, and historically share a common culture of herding camels and goats. The vast majority of Bedouin adhere to Islam, uh, although there are some fewer numbers of Arab Christian Bedouins present in the Fertile Crescent. Very interesting. I'm going to have to read more of this. I just wanted to kind of give a background because uh, I don't know. There may be other people that never heard that term before. It's uh, a derogatory term, camel jockeys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not, <laughs> that's why. That's why. And I, and I have to admit, that's why I kind of giggled. <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of got that. So I apologize, but I was trying not to giggle. But anybody that knows me, I'm horrible at uh, not doing that. Uh, let's see what uh, uh, Roy has to say. Extremists have way too much cognitive dissonance uh, to make a new decision based on the new information of the deity of Jesus. Hmm. What do you think of that statement from Roy? Well, I, I, it's not in their interest to. So my my goal in reaching out with the gospel is to touch the hearts of people that don't have a vested interest in extremism, that are looking for a true relationship with Christ, because I believe that uh, Christ will reveal himself. God will reveal himself to anybody who sincerely asks. And I was so touched that our pastor said that the other day at church when he was uh, telling people to make a decision for Christ. He's like, listen, if you are a sincere lover of God and ask and pray, it was his experience that he had had. He was describing his experience in Israel with a with a scientist. I think he said that he just told them, listen, just take what I'm telling you and go ask God yourself because I don't need to convince you. He does. And if you ask sincerely, God will reveal himself to you. So those are the people's hearts I'm I'm trying to touch. Yeah. And um, sometimes it doesn't come fast. Um, I, I like no. to tell the story that I've been doing the Christian thing uh, for about 20, 25 years. I, I don't know exactly when uh, Bruce Lynn came to me at the property window at Anaheim Police Department when I was getting my patrol car and checking it out. And he said, I need to tell you that Jesus loves you. And I was uh, the only reason I was still there is because I had nowhere to go. I couldn't escape because we were told don't go anywhere near Bruce Lynn because he's going to try to to con con uh, convert you to, to, to be born again. And I had no I, I don't even want to hear this, but I, I'm like, look, and I, I can't go anywhere. And but then he gave me some verses. I read them and that was began my 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 walk. Um but it wasn't until about 15, 20 years later, about a year and a half ago, uh, that I was in Salt Lake City. And what you talk about, where God reveals, reveals himself, and I'm just like, why? Why do you do sooner? It would have saved me so much headache. <laughs> but there in this uh, conference room in, in Salt Lake City at the Marriott, uh, during a service with a, a friend of mine named Rick Gutman, uh, the words and my emotions and everything that I'd been through. I have cancer. I had all this stuff. And I was, I think I was ready in my heart and in my soul to, to hear God, to feel God's face. I reached out and touched his face and it took all of that. I had to be 
I had to be sorry if I get emotional here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, um, so sorry, but um, being in a place where I could actually hear, right, and actually willing to listen and actually willing to feel his presence, I don't know why I had to do that. I had put up this barrier. I had put up all the resistance. I had all the answers of why not to believe in God, not why not to believe he exists, to, to not believe uh, the Bible, that they were all just stories that somebody had made up. Um, and then being brought to a point where, okay, all right, <laughs> I'm exhausted. And, uh, and I was, and he was there, he was standing in front of me, uh, there at the Marriott and, uh, I felt his face and, uh, it was, it's been from that point on that, um, I, I, I believe I hear, I, I hear now even more since I met you, uh, because you talk, because you hear him all the time. And I go, how do you hear him all the time? And you go, I just gotta listen. <laughs> You're not listening. And uh, I began to listen. And uh, Hedia has really uh, been the next step um, that I needed. Um, and she has been a godsend for for, for that uh, with me. Uh, and I've heard them far more often uh, and, and followed. Uh, today, I got to tell you today, I didn't share this with you earlier. I was confronted with a business problem uh, earlier today. And um, I started to step away from the computer, and I in in my in my head it said, "No, uh, you need to go back, and you need to you, you need to uh, talk this through with the people that you're having a discussion with, and sit back down." My some of sometimes more often than I care to even share here is to I will do it later. I will address this later. I don't want to deal with confrontation right now. I don't. And and I heard God's voice say, "Sit back down." Right, what's in your and share your heart, and I shared my heart as opposed to sharing my my vile disgust, <laughs> which was not of God. Right, that was from me. That was my will. My will is, uh, and my tendency is to speak from my anger as opposed from God. And my and and, my, and it it solved everything. I think for the most part, I haven't seen any more back. But I looked at God. So sorry, I didn't mean to go on that whole rant. But what you speak about is huge, right? It's 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 so important to listen to what you said. Uh, uh, do you mind sharing a little bit of how how that happened with you? How do you go from um, where you were that they said that if you take off your your head covering that they're going to hang you by your hair to believing in Jesus Christ? I mean, how how does that happen to you? So sorry. Well, well, no, it's interesting that you say uh, about your experience and how long it took you because once I did get baptized and I started to hear from the Lord, I was like, why did I waste so much time? Like, why did I have to be, well, thank you, Nalani. Uh, I, why did I have to be um, a Muslim for so long? And the Lord walked me through um, even particularly humiliating experiences that I had in Islam that he was telling me, you will use all of that to bring people to me, to bring my sons and daughters back. And so I mean, there's very specific instances of my life that he walks me through and it says, that's why this happened. And that's why this happened. Even all the work that I did, it was kind of like Joseph working, you know, for the Egyptian, for the Egyptian king for Pharaoh, that you just, you learn the ways of the royalty um, by working for them and being a servant. So for me, it was, I, I learned about Muslim societies. I learned about everything that makes them tick. What do they believe in? What do they hold true? And now can use that knowledge to explain 
the reality and the divinity and the salvation that comes from knowing Christ. And so for me, first of all, he ripped God that as I knew him, because I left Islam before I knew Christ, everything was gone. All my all my extended network. And I had a very large one that kind of propped me up and it, they lived all around me and they encompassed me. Well, they all disappeared. And once they disappeared, it created the space, the emotional, physical space um, to allow Christ in. And then I just started listening to sermons. I was just listening to sermons to help what I thought was to solve a problem. We believed in Jesus. I was like, okay, well, Jesus is coming to help me solve my problems. Great, what's the problem? Uh, and then I started to get confused. Like, wait a minute, this Jesus is not the same Jesus that I knew. He's a God Jesus. And so I would just put my head down in prayer and I just kept praying for God to reveal himself. And it was literally in one of those prayers in my bedroom, bawling in a set of tears, like, broken Raggedy Ann on the floor that um, I heard the voice of Christ say, Hedia, it's me. Wow. It was just, it was just earth shattering. It was like the floor opened up and it was just a whole new universe. Then I was afraid, I was terrified because then that means I would be subject to death. That means I would, um, my family would disown me. That means I could be killed on the streets. I couldn't enter 35 of the countries I had visited in my life. They wouldn't, you know, they can arrest me on site and, and kill me under apostasy laws and all of these things. And, and eventually, as I was working through all of that in prayer and in worship, and then God was just, Christ is like, you just don't, you don't have to be afraid anymore. I got you. The battle is the Lord's. So... And some of that, that, some of that has happened. Some of the things you mentioned has happened to you. Is that okay to say? Yes. <laughs> some family members are no longer speaking to me. <laughs> right. But that's okay. Carl says, uh, your story is amazing. Reminds me of the book, Son of Hamas. Have you read that book? Yes, yes absolutely. Um, it, I tell people that if you talk to any form of Muslims, they'll tell you that Jesus shows up in miraculous ways for us because we're so... Uh, stubborn and it's so hard to accept his divinity that you just have to have this miraculous encounter to accept it so there are a lot of people that have come to christ and, and and i think it's for such a time as this i wrote an article for the christian post that was like in it they titled it ex-muslim christians are afraid of battle and uh my whole point in the in the op-ed was that uh, as a Muslim, we were used to fighting. Like we, I mean, life was a battle. You fought if you were a Muslim in America. Um, when you went back to foreign countries, people were constantly getting executed and killed for their faith. Um, it was dangerous to even walk down streets in some places. You know, there were civil wars that were decimating entire families. So we know what it means to fight. And so it's like I come into Christianity and especially in American Christianity at this time, and another thing the Lord kept re repeating to me is you're battle tested, combat ready. And I was like, oh, oh, my God. I thought it was I thought it was coming to Christianity to relax. I thought this was like my vacation. Was, this is the fluffy religion. This is God loves you. Jesus loves you. I'm like, what? Why do I battle? And then and then as I was reading my journal to write this piece for you that I have promised, I was reading through my journal and I just and it was. Again, I was reading my notes of what the Lord had told me, battle tested, combat ready. And you had that he needed me to be strong and courageous to be able to bring people to Christ and to stand in the gap and heal the sick, cure the lame, cast out demons. And now that I met you, my 
partner for the apocalypse, I realized I was like, oh, no wonder. <laughs> no wonder. Gosh, there, there's, there's so many ways I want to go with what you just said with so many discussions to, um, to share with people. And I, I first wanted to, I, way back when you first started, I wanted to talk about Jack Hibbs and our church and um, how we met at a church like Calvary Chapel Chino Hills with Jack Hibbs. Ground Zero. That, that is good. He is a warrior. Uh, he talks about things both in the Bible that other pastors don't want to talk about. And I and and I and he says right at the bat, he goes, sometimes, um, uh, you know, as I begin to 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 have a uh, to have a message like the one I'm about to present, people are going to leave. Uh, and that's probably best for them that they not stay, because we want people in our church that want to hear the truth and be a part of the truth. Uh, with saying that, he's also it tells the truth about our political situation, about our government, and has no hesitation of talking about such things that people think, well, hey, wait a minute, you can't talk about that in church. And he goes, oh, yes, I can, because our job as Christians is to talk about these things in regard to our, uh, our, our political situation and who we're putting into political power and who we're voting for. And that is important that we uphold Christian conservative values in the people that we, we uh, select. So before you talk about what, cause I see you kind of like getting ready, but um, that you and I, and we're talking about God working in our lives. I just started going to the church because of the, the, the Corona BS that's going on. Uh, and decided I need to find a church that's going to actually open up and not, uh, you know, bow down to a tyrant that we have here as a governor. And I found Calvary Chapel Chino Hills. Somehow, I don't even know how. It was It's a mystery how I ended up in the church with my 14-year-old son. I don't know how I ended up there. You, kind of the same thing. You, you're driving 65 miles to go to the church because it's such a great, fantastic church. We meet in line because we both cut. We both are... <laughs> It's the thing that you're not supposed to do. Church staff cut us in line. Yeah, well, church staff cut us in line. Yeah, two different people brought us together, and there we were face-to-face, and we met. What thing do you want to talk about in regard to that? Because uh, it is it was God working in our lives. There's nobody I would rather battle with against the, uh, the, the apocalypse, the zombie apocalypse, than you. <laughs> With what you've been through and what your what your strength and your power. Oh, look at that! Wow, <laughs> we're stupid. Okay, and so, <laughs> and so I mean, I saw. I mean, the, the thing is, let me just share something. I got cut. I met the two people that supposedly I was supposed to know was the reasoning for me cutting. And then I turned to my left, and there was her. Uh, and we both looked at each other. And okay, I know we're silly about this. But I think we both felt the same thing at the same time. Don't I know yeah. I was I know. But at the same time, and my son seconds later looked at me, looked at you and go, what's going on here? Right. It, out loud. He said that in fe- he felt it. A 14 year old boy felt that we had this connection. Um, but it, it's God's work. It is. There is no reason why we, we should have met. But we met because God wanted us to. Uh, and he needs us together for some reason to present stuff like this. Um, what do you have to say about all that that mess that I just said? Because all that was going on in my little tiny pea brain as you were talking. Well, I it also remember, and I don't know if I told you this, but um, so when I went to meet Jack, as you know, like as I went to tell my story before I started going to church and um, asked him for spiritual covering, which uh, which he accepted. And in that meeting, he said to me, Hedy, Hedia, thank you, Deborah. <laughs> um, you, uh, 
you are not meant to sit in the pews of the church. He's like, you know, you'll come and you'll stay here so I can watch out for you. But he's like, I'm calling you Deborah. And um, you're uh, Deborah is one of the women of the, of the Bible. Um, and she was one of the only women that they pointed out for battle. So she was a judge. She was one of the judges um, and she fought and she went to the head of the army at the time. And she's like, if you don't fight this battle, I will. Um, and so she's just, she, Deborah is just an amazing person. So he's like, I'm, I'm naming you Deborah and your, your battlefield is on the streets. And so he told me this the first day he met me and it was just, and I'm of course bawling and crying. And so he, uh, it's a calling that God had told me directly and that he just confirmed. And then when we met and I told you, and it was like, I, t I tell, I told everybody last time on the live was that you like, you literally glowed. Like when I, when I, I just turned around and I looked and I was like, and you literally like, it was, <laughs> It was like you glowed, and I was like, "Oh my God, what is so happening?" And don't you remember my friend like booked? Like I was standing there with a friend. She's like, "Bye." You obviously don't need me. And I was like, "What? Where are you going?" Um, but the next day in church, um, I heard from the Lord about you, um, and He was running through my list of qualifications, and it was like, and literally at the top of them was the ability to do battle was like that had the strength, the fortitude, the valor to be able to carry the same calling that the Lord had put on my life. Mm. And so that was extremely profound um, for me. Awesome. And so, and so to finish up this guy, and this is where I was hoping it would come to is that the reason I think we love the church and the, the why the reason why we love each other is that we know that being a Christian today and a conservative Christian, especially, uh, is that we, this is, you, this is not going to be easy. <laughs> you, we need, we need what we need to have a battle partner and we are both committed uh, to this country. We both love this country. We, we both are patriots. I believe, I think it's safe to say that we're both patriots. You surely are. Um, you've demonstrated that by working for five different presidents and, and, and counterterrorism and working with the FBI and doing all your work uh, to keep us safe here in America. And God bless you. And thank you for doing that. Uh, and you and too. I, you've I been of service. You've been of service your whole life too. Well, there you go. And so together, uh, we've been brought together to, to to do more. Um, we have together, we have six kids, uh, which can be overwhelming sometimes, but we do have six kids. And uh, we, and the reason I bring that up is because I do this for them. I do everything in my life for them. Um, meeting somebody like you is for them. I, I, I didn't want to settle for anybody. If I, I never thought I'd get married again, I just, I'll be single because I, I will not bring anybody into their world um, who cannot protect them and and love them like like I love them and you've already demonstrated that you love my kids um almost immediately you fell in love with my son I think before you fell in love with me but uh, <laughs> because he's a he's a good kid he's 14 years old and actually you saw him before you met me and you didn't realize yeah. he was associated with me yes they are beautiful beautiful children and your daughter is extremely uh, beautiful and funny and I love trying to crack that shell and make her laugh that is my goal every day that I see her. All right, so enough about us. Um, uh, because I, I hope people go, oh, this is so gross, I'm clicking off. <laughs> um, I wanna come back, I wanna see how you answer this one. 
Um, uh, this is Deborah asking, uh, Hedia, where are you from? I was raised in the Middle East. How did you want to? I am originally, my parents are from Iran. So um, another thing that we're constantly reminding Andy is that uh, Persians are not Arabs. Persians are Aryans. <laughs> but they, uh, my parents are originally from Iran, but I was born in the United States. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't want to say where you lived? <laughs> Oh, I think she meant. I think she meant heritage-wise. I know, but I I was thinking that you might. Oh uh, well, well, I grew up. I grew up in Beverly Hills. Your dad is a very successful doctor. Um, yes. But that's not to say that you have not been. You nearly got frostbite by being in some god awful country. I forget where it was, Pakistan <laughs> or something like that. One of the yeah. stands. Everything from being shot at to losing my toes almost in Uzbekistan, being walled up in in the president's palace, which was wow. supposed to be an honor, which I actually think was used to be, was converted into a gulag because it was so cold. It was like no central air. I don't know, it was crazy, but yeah. You're, you were in a palace and you almost got fried. <laughs> you almost lost your toes. Well, that's what they're saying is that they're like, this used to be a presidential palace. And I was like, oh, right. That's why there's no people and no air. Like, I, I think it was a ploy to tell us that it was like an honor to be staying in this place. But it was literally a way to keep track of us so that we couldn't escape. There was I mean, like we were literally walled into this place and there was no one, no food, no people, no, no power. It was, it was crazy. The things I put myself through. Yeah. And the, the difficulty with a relationship with um, with Hedia is that um, she's way too smart. How do you know these things? Although I did get you with a joke the other day, I did, um, uh, which I can't share here. Uh, <laughs> if, if any knows anything about Idaho, when you talk to somebody about Idaho, probably like, yeah, yeah, I'd explain that. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, all right, my friends. Uh, let's see what else is that we have. People say they love us. That is awesome. God does not make mistakes. God he does, does not. not. And I keep trying to remind myself of that. And now I've just, you know, you just got to. <laughs> uh, God does not make mistakes. He really doesn't. She knows why I'm doing this. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. We had a great weekend. It was, oh, it was Hedy's birthday yesterday. Yes. 39, right? Is that correct? Yes, 39, Trevor. <laughs> Wait a minute. How could you work for five presidents and be 39? It worked. It worked. Huh. <laughs> I was 12 when I started. There's some child labor laws uh, going on there. Um, but um, that is awesome. Let me look through these comments again. Together you are stronger. Absolutely. And Don, uh, I'm a good battle buddy. Yes. Yes. Oh, where's the other Don? Oh, there, there it is. I clicked on the wrong one. Yes, Don. Don, I think I have an um, email message or a messenger message I have to get back to you on. I, I, I keep seeing it, but I keep getting distracted. So sorry. Um, happy belated birthday. Yes, just yesterday. And I got her the best present ever. He did. I, I You know, honestly, I've never... Male or female, has anybody ever given me a gift that that was that thoughtful? Like the, the time it took and the consideration it took, it was beautiful, really. No, I think you're, you're the just best. Saying, I'm glad you like it. I'm not, I'm I'm not just saying. 
All right. All right. All right. I think uh, we hit it all. Is there anything that we missed uh, uh, in regard to um, Ishmael and uh, the other the other guy? <laughs> Isaac. No, Isaac. Right. Shoot. I don't know if anyone has any questions. What's up? I, if anyone has any questions, but I think we covered it. Yeah. Because I, I just I was so I'm so happy. Uh, that we had that discussion because it just fills in so many blanks for me. And that that's one of the things when I, I just want to finish up with this, it, when it, it's come to uh, lately between the devotionals I read during the day, which is earlier in the morning, if you're not uh, watching that, make sure uh, and look for some of those messages because I feel like there's so many times that, that somehow that God speaks through me. I've never, I've heard pastors say that, that the message that I'm speaking, and I think this happens with Jack all the time because he often goes off script and begins to talk and go, it just, just came to me. And when, and then when it just comes to him, you know, it's going to be good. And you know, it's God speaking through him and you hear those things said. And then that happens to me, I think, because, and I, and I, and I, I, I feel that it's true because I will be, I will think before I hit the live button that I'm going to talk about something in particular. Uh, and then I read the devotional and then I read nothing of what I prepared. And there's other stuff that comes to mind. And it, it, for me, it tends to be a lot more powerful um, for me. <laughs> I don't know what's more powerful for the people watching, but there's so many things I say, I get off, I go, wow, how did, did, that, did I just say those things? I mean, where did those things come from? And sometimes you comment and you say, oh my gosh, that was so beautiful. And I go, I don't even know where that came from. I don't even know how that happened. Um, and I feel so great right now. Um, and that's why I tell people 2020 has been the best year ever. Prior to meeting Hedia, I began doing these devotionals. I began, uh, you know, going to um, uh, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. My son gave his life to Jesus Christ. My 14-year-old son, um, my uh, 10-year-old son has just really turned a page on his, um, yes. uh, just, and oh my gosh, he's an amazing uh, little boy who's just so, so deep. vibrant. And, and deep and stuff. And and then my daughter is so creative. Oh, both my daughters are so creative. And you got Bo and Bo, everybody loves Bo. There's nothing, I can't say anything bad about Bo. But this year, 2020, regardless of me having COVID-19, regardless of what's happening in our political arena, what's regardless of what's happening with our tyrant here in California, it has been the best year ever for me. To top it all off, I meet the greatest woman on the planet. And uh, we um, uh, love each other so much. And um, and I don't mind telling you. I don't mean to mind talking about it. Um, and so for me, this has been fantastic. How has your 2020 been? <laughs> you know, I, I got to tell you, it's it was it didn't start off very great. It was uh, it was difficult to be um, held captive in my house. My daughter was really really struggling with broad, um, with just doing Zoom and not seeing friends. And the Lord was walking me through manifesting fruit of the spirit, kindness, gentleness, forbearance, self-control. And it was, it was hard. It was hard because uh, when the riots started, there were a number of controversies in my Bible study and um, I had to really pray about it. And the Lord's like, you know, stay silent and the battle is the Lord's. And I stayed silent and I just got attacked and maligned and, and everything in the end turned out um, turned out well because I, I did allow the Lord to handle it instead of responding like you did today in the, the flesh where you're just kind of like, Rah! I mean, like, because I know how to go on the offense, you know, and I could, I, I mean, I could talk somebody, I can bury somebody in a hole with words, you know, mm -hmm. the power of life and death is in the tongue. So 
Yes. <laughs> so uh, it was all about self-control. And every time, I'm mean, like, literally, there was some times when I would go to the store and all the rules about the green dots on the floor and the mask and the thing, and I, and, and the Lord would be like, if you can't control yourself, you need to stay home. And I'd be like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, but then um, once it started to take root, once the forbearance and the self-control and the kindness and the gentleness started to actually manifest, uh, it became it became quite beautiful. I started to find um, the joy in the little things, but hands down, the most incredible aspect of it all was meeting you. Wow, for sure. I mean, knowing what you've been through, your history, that um, uh, I could uh, get a little teary eyed right now. Okay, so let's read a question instead. How long ago did you come to the Lord, Hedia? Um, it was about three years ago. Wow. You know what? That just really shames me because I go to you for answers on the Bible. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been a Christian for like 20 years. And you well, but your real, your walk, your, your Holy Spirit filled walk, you say began about a year and a half ago. And so when, when I converted, I mean, like I had a road to Damascus experience where like, I mean, like I fell to the floor. It, I mean, I heard the voice of Christ. He was like, like downloading information to me, my whole life changed. I mean, I, I lived inside my house and I never left the house other than to drive my daughter to school and go to the grocery store for that first year. I bought Logos software. I'm a pretty good self self learner. And I just, you know, grabbed a hold of the Bible. I had the Quran, I had Logos and I was just like, okay. And I was just cross-referencing Bible verses. And I went through the entire Bible. I did a Bible commentary on Romans and Acts. And so, I mean, I was like, I, it was impressed upon me that I had a job to do. It was nice that he saved me, but that was just the beginning of what the calling was. You have this thing about finishing people's sentences, but what it, but, but what it, what it, what, it, what is, amazes me is that when the pastor will start talking about a passage, you finish the passage. Like I go, how do you, how do you know? these passages like it's just amazing so i just gotta say you are incredible and uh and again i can only i'm probably giving people like a cavity because i'm talking about you so much so sweet um uh, so somebody wants to know the gift let me just tell you what the gift and so i think this is important to share and i hope this is hitting you people right i i think sharing our story i think for some people i, I we want to give you hope that there's um that God is real, that uh, he's been, he's spoken to um, us. We, we believe uh, more than ever. I believe more than ever. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm a little bit of um, uh, a, a pessimist, I guess is a word. Is that the right word? Like I, I doubt things. I, I first doubt until I, my mind has changed. That's usually the way I go, right? I don't believe right away. And so I'm, it's, this is, this has uh, been an important time for me. Uh, in regard to everything, including meeting Hedia. So I hope you don't mind us sharing our life a little bit with you. Um, but in regard to the gift, and so, um, you know, her dad is one of the, 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 the most important doctors when it comes to kidneys on, on the planet, as far as I understand. I mean, he's, he's developed some stuff, and, and you said he's invented some things in regard to kidney, um, uh, dealing with the kidneys and that kind of stuff. And so, what do you, <laughs> she lives in Beverly Hills, uh, right? And, and go, what do you, and I'm thinking, what do I get a woman uh, that, um, um, that 
you know, I, I can't think of something. If I, I wouldn't get her shoes because I don't know what kind of shoes and, and, and they would probably not be the right kind. Like, and so I'm thinking all this stuff, uh, an outfit, uh, you know, jewelry. And I thought, you know, let's, you know, I'm talking to myself. I said, let's look at something that would be more of um, a, a thoughtful gift in the sense that when she saw it every day, it would bring back some type of memory or hit her heart. And um, I thought, how about I, I have some pictures that we recently took and put them in a really nice frame. And I'm, I was going to look for a frame that maybe said something or looked at something. And I and I was searching the specialty store uh, that had frames. And I was like, look at all these different frames, frame after frame after frame. And I kept thinking um, and I didn't get the pictures first because I needed to find the frame and the size first. So I, I didn't want to get five by sevens and then be stuck trying to find a frame that can only fit five by sevens. And so I search, I'm walking up and down these aisles going, you know, you know, I'm even like looking with my, my, my head like this and thinking like if she will, and I go, would that fit her decor? And then I walked down this aisle and there was a big frame about this size. And in the middle, it said blessed and the, the light shined. <laughs> <laughs> and i heard you know songs i go that's the gift that is the gift and then you had like little clippy things that where you could put pictures around the thing that said blessed and i thought i'm going to make i'm going to print out five different pictures and there's eight different spots and that's going to leave a room to put because i didn't have any pictures yet at least the time that i was going uh that had her daughter in there and i wanted to make sure that her daughter was a part of it and so uh, that's what I did. So then later, so then I went and got the pictures and we put them in the little clippy things. And that's the gift. It, it's not, it, it's just, I was hoping that it would be a thoughtful gift that she would have a, have a good feeling about and not necessarily, I, I, I thought about getting her a Ferrari, uh, but I thought the frame was way much better. What do you think? Well, and I mean, it, ladies out there, when was the last time you knew a guy would go and develop the film like you know go and develop the pictures at cvs choose the pictures put them in the frame i mean like what, what guy ever ever does that you know what i mean so it was so incredibly thoughtful uh and it, it was just so touching to me that you took the time and the effort to do that and it's absolutely beautiful thank you that's that that's the gift i had to answer the question um let's see god bless your love Thank you, Deborah. That's awesome. uh, and then April has another question. Is there anything you are specifically doing now to bring your parents to Jesus? Oh, that's a good question, especially right now. Oh my gosh. Would love to hear what some of those conversations are like, especially between you and your dad. Oh my gosh, April Roga. That's a good one. Uh, so I'm a daddy's girl through and through. So um, I can basically most of the time do no wrong as far as my dad's concerned, but as many of you have heard a lot uh, that people say all the time that you may be the only Bible that people read. And in my parents' case, that's really been the case. And so they have seen me change. My attitude has changed, my demeanor, my kindness, my gentleness, my uh, concern for them and taking care of them. And they now have a running saying between them where anytime I do something or they just want to say thank you, they're like, Oh my God, who do we have to thank for our wonderful daughter? And my dad goes, Jesus. <laughs> so it's actually so sweet between the two of them where they just, they acknowledge the role that Christ is, is playing in my life. And um, when we're in the car, we listen to worship music and my mom's like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. And when we're at the house, I'm watching a sermon, they'll watch with me. 
Um, I'll put it on the TV so that they'll watch with me. And my mom's like, oh, that was so interesting. What does he mean when he says this? And, and we get a chance to have a conversation. But really, I think the most important thing is what Christ is doing in my life. And I think meeting Andy, um, I've had a really rocky road when it comes to relationships. And my parents used to always say that, you know, they were really worried whether um, I would be alone and that they didn't want to leave this world knowing that I was alone. And so I think meeting you was really uh, important for them. I think it really made them very happy. And again, that's a reflection of the role that Christ is playing in my life because he brought you to me and they saw us pray together um, at dinner time and the impact that it's had on my daughter and how, how much happier she is and how much more stable her life is as a Christian. And so I think that we are the greatest testament to uh, what Christ can do in a person's life. And I like how God worked in um, the, 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 I don't know, the issue um, in the, in the, the, me meeting them, that the first time you approached me meeting them, uh, your dad in particular, he says, no, <laughs> I don't want to meet this guy. Like, why would I want to meet him? Like, the, the, he didn't say that, but he just said, no, I don't, I don't want to meet him. Uh, and so that was first, but then you had a discussion with him, right? You had a, a talk with him. Do you mind? saying anything about that just that oh dad yeah yeah i mean i just told him i said that you know he's really important to me and if you care about what's important to me and not just what your comfort level is or or your own feelings then i really want you to meet him and it's and it would mean a lot to me and it was my mother who called me back the next day and said um you do so much for us in our lives that the least we could do is acknowledge when you're happy and when you're in love. And if you and if you are in love with him and you'd like us to meet him, then we want to meet him. Yeah, and that, that, that's where the power of God really kind of came in. Just like this, yeah. the, when you called me, you were so excited. Like, oh my gosh, you went from no to <laughs> wow. Like this whole discussion, it was amazing. Uh, they also watched one of my devotional uh, talks. Yes. In the car when you were talking about somebody being, you know what? <laughs> yeah, being a bunch of babies. A bunch of wussies. <laughs> a bunch of wussies. With the rhymey one. Um, but yeah, and, and so then later my mom's like, wait, didn't you guys do an interview? Because I had her watch our interview too. Oh. And she's like, is he the one that interviewed you? And I said, yes. And she's like, oh, he's very handsome. <laughs> and I said, does your mom have an eyesight problem? And she goes, no, she has a hearing problem, but not an eyesight problem. <laughs> I'm really um, not an eyesight problem. <laughs> So yeah, it's just, it was, but it was so different. What I expected to see when I got there with your parents and a little bit of maybe, you know, like that, they were kind, loving, um, again, Aww. so nice to my children. It was unbelievable uh, how they, and then I was so, I mean, and my children were being who they were um, and they just, they, it was amazing. They were amazing. They were, I can't, I can't tell you everything, but they were amazing. <laughs> amazing. Like I didn't even know what to do. They were so amazing. Like all the kids and I go, oh, these people are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We, it was, it was, it was so, it was so not, I was expecting a little, Oh, so why are you like my daughter? Because she's hot or I don't know. I don't know what I expected, um, but it was not that. Um, it was amazing. They were so nice. And so, um, and I hear, I just I say sweet. I never say sweet, but I saw Bev, um, uh, that's so sweet. Um, uh, but they were, they were incredible. Uh, your parents are incredible. And, um, thank you. 
was an amazing night uh, to spend with them. Um, oh, I did. I saw that Deborah, um, uh, her husband and um, her did a live together Saturday night and got really uh, mushy about our love journey. <laughs> Is that oh, what we're doing? Are we getting please. mushy about our love journey? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a grown woman, but I am so mushy right now. It's just like it's it's something I've never experienced, and that's what. Um, the Lord told me too that He would bring a love um, that I've wanted since I was a little girl, um, that I just never experienced. And He promised, and His promises are true. And it, and He just—it's just amazing. He delivers. He really does. You need to listen to what Deborah said here. <laughs> oh, funny. don't I know it? Don't I know it? <laughs> um, let's see. Go and then uh, Ray uh, or Roy. I did it again. I almost made it through the whole thing without saying Ray. My daughter's name is Ray, and and I see R O Y. I want to say Ray. Go out into all the world and proclaim the gospel, and when necessary, use words. Amen. Into a, a, what you shared earlier. That was awesome. Uh, oh, I love that story, Hedia. And when you said you may be the only Bible people read, that caught me too. I, that kind of like hit me in the face. Um, that gave me a chill. Me too. It completely resonated. Yes. That was awesome. Those are, did you make that up? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to take credit for it, but no. Uh, it's the same thing with my niece, you know. Um, she uh, is a very strong professed Muslim, though she doesn't do anything of the of the religious like obligations, but she feels very strongly that she's a Muslim. She's like, you know, auntie, I love that you're a Christian because I get to hear from both gods and I have everybody praying for me. And she's like, you're just so different now. She's like, I love it. So it's totally fine with me. And and it's it's brought us so much closer. Out of my brother, my brother has six children, and her and I are by far the closest. And it's it's literally been Christ between us and me praying for her. Like she was in a in a relationship, a very tumultuous one, and it ended badly, and it caused her a tremendous amount of grief. And every time I saw her, I'm like, honey, I'm praying for you. Like, we really need resolution. This we need this re relationship to be healed. And I and I pray that for you. And then, like the next day after she left me, one day after we prayed together, um, the guy called her to reconcile, and she just called me crying. She's like, I knew it was because you prayed for me. And so it's like it's little things like that. It's not saying you know you have to accept Christ or you're going to hell. It is basically living out um the love of christ it's first mm -hmm. corinthians 13. it's loving people like christ loves us see see he does that to me all the time she comes <laughs> like, how do you do that <laughs> i need to go i need to go i need to type something in the uh the bible uh what's it called what is it that i use bible gateway if i didn't have bible gateway i would be lost i'm i'm in bible gateway nearly every day <laughs> Actually, I think I have to do it every day because that's that's what I need to look up stuff. Um, Don thought my comment about Mama needing glasses. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think her mom actually does. I say problem. Um, no. Your story is perfect, just like you guys. Thank you, Bev. <laughs> my lunch partner with uh, my my good buddy Chuck Knight. What's that? She invited me to come next time. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I want you to hear the stories that she may tell you. <laughs> I'm kidding, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> you. How's that? 
<laughs> Deborah says, I've never experienced it either. Girlfriend, we are two alike. Um, do you remember what, what that was? Do you remember? Yeah, she's. I think she's referring to now she's married. She's found the love of her life, but she had oh. never experienced it until now, if I'm correct, Deborah. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Deborah's chatty tonight. Uh, usually the only Bible around people these days. Yeah. You know, that's kind of uh, my situation, too, in, in doing these lives. You know, I, I think a little bit. I uh, love those grins you both have. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Um, yes, please come. Um, <laughs> it, is that um, I think for me, it's a little safer. You know, I would like to be the person. And Eddie and I have talked about you've gone out and you've um, uh, just, evangelized. Evangelize to people. Yeah, uh, I am not brave enough to evangelize people face to face because they may ask me a question. I go, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Where's Hedia? Hedia. <laughs> um, yeah, what's up? We'll do it together. Yeah, we should. Um, I, I will have to depend on you. But um, the reason I think it's safe is because I can speak about it, about the devotional and about the Bible verses. And and then somehow some things come out about my experiences and what I've what I'm experiencing, what I experienced in the past and what I'm experiencing now. Uh, and, and of course, some of our discussions come up every so often and what I'm dealing with um, in regard to um, a past marriage and relationship and some of the things going on there and and how I can relate to men that may be struggling with the, the anger uh, or, um, uh, you know, children issues and being a parent, and all that kind of stuff. But it allows me, uh, it, it's a little bit of a selfishness, and I've talked about this on the devotional, is it's a little bit of a selfishness thing where I actually get more out of doing them, and it helps me by speaking through these things, and it allows me to do that. And I can ignore questions on the chat, like, oh, I didn't see your question. <laughs> and, so, and then I go, that's a good question. I got to look that up. Um, but it allows me to work through some of these things. And so I, it's safer uh, for me, but I, I hope. And Roy uh, has mentioned a couple of times that he thinks that it's powerful, and it's good, I think, um, he wrote something earlier here. Let me try to find it. And so that encourages me. And so if you get a chance to watch them, I would I would love for you to watch and then uh, ask me questions because some of those things help me and, and I do appreciate it. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, Roy said, every time you share the word, it never goes out void. Yeah, that's such an encouraging words. And Roy has many encouraging words. And so does Carl, who was on earlier. Carl's the one who had the comment about... Um, um, you know, that it, it reminded him of a book. I forget which one it was now. Um, but um, oh, Carl heard this. Uh, and Carl's on there constantly. Today, I had a bunch of men. And that's the one thing I just wanted to finish with. That was the thought that I had, and I almost forgot it, is that what I like is that uh, it seems to be that, you know, people like Roy and Carl and a couple other men came on today. I had like four or five men. And that's what I've been looking for. That's what the U.S. Patriot Project, which is up there, is all about, is that I'm, I'm hoping to reach more men. Now, uh, you know, Roy obviously has a, a pretty firm uh, grasp of his faith, um, but um, it, it just allows us to talk through it and to put out the word and that kind of stuff. And that's what I'm hoping uh, to do with these uh, devotionals and being able to get out there and and have the little bit of a barrier <laughs> of a camera. Um, it, it, it feels I feel safer uh, behind the camera. But at some point, maybe I will be out there in the real world with you. Uh, evangelizing to people. So I hope that that's, uh, that's the case. Did you have any uh, thoughts of my ramblings that I just went on? No, sure. <laughs> I, 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 I had this, like this, this certain like epiphany about um, when you mentioned Roy, that I think also one of the benefits to you getting the men together is, is uh, lifting one another up 
Um, yeah. It reminds me of how um, Christ had said to the disciples to go out in two and his later commandments in the beginning, he told them to take nothing. And in the later commandment, he told them to take a knapsack. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. And so he was warning them that times would come when people's hearts would grow cold and that it would be a very difficult time. People would be persecuted, but that it was important to go out in numbers. And so I think that by building um, your, your men of discipleship, it's discipling one another. It's like you said, you speak and you learn. And I'm sure for Roy, as he says it and Carl says it, he's growing like that. The word grows within you as you share it with other people. So I don't think the level that people are at really matters. I think you guys will create um, community of, of believers and men lifting one another up so that you could take on the challenges. I mean, we're, we're, we're about to face a very challenging time in our country. And as you and I talk about all the time is there's so much coming at us and so much negativity and so much animosity and enmity in the world that it's so important to have a core group of family, friends, loved ones, people you do life together that you can lift each other up and talk about the goodness of God and and push that out instead of responding only to the attacks that are coming in at us. Wow. So. That was good. That was good. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I love April. April, I'm going to put the, the good one up first. <laughs> you know what? I love this I will, I will, because, I will, because of course I have to. But first, let's, let's do this one first. Hedia is so beautiful inside and out. Eddie, I'm so happy for you. Love all the giddy discussion and serious discussion. Thank you, April. I appreciate that. You, you, I appreciate that more than you can even imagine. And so thank you uh, for those kind words. But I do have to put this up. This is a, this is a hedgehog. <laughs> Of course, April has a sense of humor. I could put, I would normally, I would not always ignore that, but I might ignore that with another person. But uh, so now uh, your nickname is Hedgehog. <laughs> Obviously, autocorrect uh, got the best of April. Are you going to share with them what my other nickname is? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is that, is that too personal for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Because then I may have to go into why you call me the lion, other than, you know. Anyway, all right. So, virtual discipling. That's awesome. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. I'm actually, I feel safe doing that. Well, and I was telling, I was telling Andy that uh, everybody knows I'm a huge fan of General Flynn. I had the chance to work for him on several occasions. And he's just, oh, he's such a mighty man of valor. And he's called his new organization Digital Soldiers. Mm. And I think that that's just so important because the left thinks that they monopolize social media and those digital platforms. But I think it's so important for Christ followers to not only hold space in that arena, but to also realize the power of what they can do um, digitally and building that virtual community of like-minded people all over, all over the world, doing virtual Bible studies, doing virtual rallies and platforms, evangelizing. I mean, like my website, is a digital ministry. It's basically just an online ministry for people anywhere in the world to meet Christ. So I think it's going to, especially as we're in lockdowns, it's become more and more important to have that platform. And I'm sorry, I might've been reading or maybe a glitch because every so often your, your voice cuts out. Who, who's the person you were just talking about? General Flynn. Oh, General Flynn. Oh gosh. What a, that letter that he wrote that you shared with me was an amazing letter yeah and so i was telling them that he he named the organization digital soldiers yeah. 
Yeah, for some reason I didn't hear who uh, you were talking about. I, I, I probably just missed it. Um, yes, Desert Soldiers love that and love General Flynn. Yeah. I actually think he's going to lead this resistance. Like, I really feel it like deep in my spirit that he's going to be a seminal figure in this, in our resistance. And, and when we talk about a, a godly man, um, his picture should probably come up in the dictionary. Uh, and, and the reason, the reason being is because he has been dragged, drug, yeah. drug or dragged. I don't know. I always get that one wrong. Kind of like, Han yeah. and <laughs> you know, he's, he's been uh, drugged through such crap lies and 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 he's given so much for this country and, and the country tried to bury him right essentially the the leaders of the government yeah. at the time the biden uh, obama administration and uh, their henchmen um really did a disservice to a man who uh, is a a hero uh, for this country and right. has done so much for this country and yet and here's the, the point that i want to get to and yet he's he his the way that he talks and the way that he talks about America still, uh, the video with his, I think it's his grandson, um, and, and, you, know, you know, I think they were doing the Pledge of Allegiance or something. He's just, he's an amazing, an, um, an amazing American and an amazing godly man that every man of God should look to him as uh, what that looks like and, and how yes. that kind of And I mean, and if people don't know, he pled guilty because of his son. Right. Like, to save his son because they said they basically threatened to go after his son. And so like the his priority of God, family and country, exactly like the principles um, you're trying that you're trying to put forward in the USA Patriot Project. He epitomizes that. And it's uh, he's really a he's really a good role model for the movement. Uh, April said General Flynn didn't want the, our president to pardon him early. He was willing yeah. to suffer in order for Americans to see and learn the truth. <laughs> wow. Let's see, April says, uh, P.S. Love the phrase Christ follower. Uh, Phil, the when we say, uh, that when we say Jesus and leave the name Christ out uh, too often. Hmm. That's an interesting observation. Well, because, and also I like to say Christ follower because I think Andy, you're a great testament to people can be Christians their whole life and not be a follower of Christ. Like I meet Christians right. all the time who listen to me and they're like, wow, you're really intense. And I'm like, listen, I'm not talking about your grandma's Jesus. I'm talking about becoming a Christ follower. Like forget what happened to you at the church. Forget like how people disappointed you and they, they sucked. And I, I don't care about all that. I'm talking about Jesus and following Christ. And um, I think that's really what this shakeup actually with COVID is doing too, is that the, uh, is, is Jesus is revealing like what the realities of the church was and how broken it was and how people weren't getting fed. And now they need to rediscover their relationship with him, not just, mm. not just with what we call the church and being a Christian. Yeah. And, that, and that's really the huge difference with me. Is that I, I never had a relationship with with Jesus Christ. Um, it was it was again. I, I've said this often. It is I was reading black print on white paper <laughs> and listening to a bunch of men and, and sometimes women talk uh, as far as pastors. Um, and I was just hearing the words, but not really listening, not feeling the words. Not uh, it, it was yeah. And then we'd I'd get in the car, go out the driveway, and forget everything I was just taught. <laughs> 
<laughs> and never put it into action. Never put it into action. I want to go back before we leave. I want to make sure that you see this comment. Just want you to know, Andy is a great guy. I want you to. I went to high school with Christy, and we may have dated in high school, um, but Christy is an amazing, um, amazing uh, person in my life. Um, married to a fireman, um, and so uh, just a great person. But just make sure that you know that somebody that's known me since I was a little kid. Chris, uh, oh, that's so sweet. Was he great uh, in high school too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wait till I tell you the story uh, of uh, <laughs> of uh, Christy and I. Um, and I'm uh, no, I don't think I've told you the story, uh, but uh, yeah, she's awesome. Um, all right, so let me. We, we've been on for almost an hour and a half. It's kind of like how we talk on the phone. The next, <laughs> I told you, I, I shared with her today. I said, I, you know, I've, uh, uh, you know, I may have dated. I don't remember really uh, in my past with women. I, I, I've completely forgot of it about it since I've met Hedia. Um, but if I were to be reminded that there are in guys and girls, you 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 know when you first meet somebody. Uh, the first couple phone conversations can go two. I've had conversations go five hours, right? So you have these long conversations, uh, but it, it's generally the first week, maybe at the most three, maybe stretching it to four weeks. But Hedy and I have known each other for three months, if not longer than that. I can't remember now. Uh, you know, but I, <laughs> I got to write the date down. But yet we're still talking for two, three hours on the phone nonstop. It's still it's still happening. We and and then I don't realize it. And we look and we say, "Hey, we've been talking for over two and a half hours." That happened today again. And I made that comment. Can you believe this? That we must love each other. I mean, this must be different because um, we still like. I, I don't know. I don't know. You still need to convince yourself. I was convinced after Jesus Christ told me, but you okay? <laughs> you know why? Because I'm a great guy, according yeah. to Christy. All right, yeah. last thing. I'm going to commit a couple of these uh, last couple of messages up here. Um, uh, today, I'm so blessed to be depressed. Too anointed. Amen. <laughs> That's awesome. And then Roy said, Jesus died so that I could have a relationship with him and not a religion. Oh, so let me ask you, do you want to have a religion with me or a relationship? Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Roy? It's not about religion. It's about relationship. Yeah. He always, whether it's about business or faith, uh, Roy is the wordsmith of, uh, he's, I, I think I shared this, he's the one who, uh, he and April uh, taught me long ago to, to not word, use the word try. And, yes. uh, and it took a few months because I would still be on their show and every, okay, well, I'll try to do, oh, and they would go, what are you going to do? And they would yell at me. And this went on for a couple of months. And pretty soon I got, got if I started the, the tea started to come out of my mouth. I would, I would start, I would start flinching and, and go into convulsions because I knew they were going to jump on me. Uh, and then I began to tell people, "What do you?" Yeah. <laughs> I was on their show. <laughs> to, don't use the word "try." Do, do or don't. You did, you did it to me. All right, all right. So, uh, and uh, Bev says, uh, "Great show." Yeah, we were on for an hour and twenty-seven minutes. This is kind of crazy, um, but um, thank you, Hedia, uh, for being in my life. Thank you to um, all of our friends who have joined us on this journey. And we had a lot of people watching for a very long time. So I'm, I'm very grateful to all of you. I hope the discussion, again, wasn't uh, didn't appear to be self-serving. Uh, I think uh, Hedia joins me in that we um, want to share our past, share our, our, our current, and share our future um, and, and talk about these things openly so that it uh, can possibly help somebody uh, understand yeah. that. Uh, the Bible is a, a living 
book, which I don't have in front of me, uh, of, of truth. And um, that escaped me for many, many years. And it, it hasn't been until recently that I have. And it's not. And, you know, the good news is I was going to die after I, I found God and, and really felt the relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. I almost died after. So I don't want you to think because I got COVID-19 and you know, died that, oh, OK, now suddenly he's a religious guy. No, I was I was, uh, you know, I was at peace with what was going on that I, I felt that everything was going to be fine. But if, if that was my time, uh, even though he just brought Hetty into my life, um, that, you know, that's pretty cruel. You bring her. <laughs> my God doesn't do that. I knew you were going to live. And so, um, um, so Deborah wants to know when we met. What's the date? <laughs> Here, I'll look it up. I can tell you. I can. I can find it. Hold on, right now. Uh, Non-essential. Is it September seventeenth, October seventeenth, or fourteenth, or? Oh shoot! I thought that would come up much easier. It's giving me all the all the uh, Google searches for non-essential employees. Uh, here it is. I, I found the link. October eighteenth. October eighteenth. So maybe it was October seventeenth because remember they taped it so that it. Yeah, uh, it was October seventeenth because I know it was the seventeenth date. Yeah, October seventeenth is when we met. Uh, it was in line getting ready to go in that event. So we have always that that we can Google if we ever forget. <laughs> October 17th. All right, my friends. I love you guys. Um, I I hope that uh, that the message uh, of us sharing so much of ourselves in our life and what's been happening um, again, uh, hit you in the right way that um, you can come to us and talk to us about anything you want to ask us. If we can help you understand um, where God can be powerful in your life, just let us know because we would love to, uh, to help you uh, do that. Uh, Oh, Bev said, well, now you have to invite us to the wedding. Of course, Bev. What are you talking about? Of course you would be. <laughs> yes. Why not? Why wouldn't, we? Why wouldn't we do that? All right, my friends. I love you. Uh, and uh, Hetty, I love you very much. And thank you. For I love me. you too, Andy. Thank you, guys. Right. Thanks, everyone. All right. Take care. God bless.